It's the same old story. It's been a long day at the job, or maybe it's just starting to feel long, and you feel that urge to stretch your legs and get a little bit of a break. You walk down the street, or maybe you get behind the wheel of your car, and you feel the weight begin to lift. You walk through the doors, and the sound of the place starts to clear the air. You get a table, you order your drink, you listen to the sounds of the bar, and soak in the conversation. Welcome to the TNE Speakeasy with your hosts, Johnny, Isaac, and Caleb. Listen in as I discuss the 2022 horror film, Smile. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, those in between and unaffiliated. And I would like to reintroduce the Big Zed himself, Johnny. Welcome back, man. It's been it's been quite some time. It has been some time. As always, happy to be happy to be here and happy to discuss some uh, messed up dark stuff with you guys. So let's do it. There we go. Yeah, no, as uh, we have two masters of horror here, and I have to say that because I, I messed up. I know I remember. Um, with uh, we, we, we if people are keeping continuity with how this the, both these channels work, I, he was on the other podcasts a while ago, and I uh, unfortunately I, I even though I called him master uh, Caleb, I'm so sorry. You are also a uh, master of horror, but I forgot to mention that there. So, so I'm just a casualty of horror. So I, my my apologies, good sir. But uh, tonight, Johnny, what do you have? Uh, what have you brought with us or brought with you tonight? Well, I uh, decided to watch Smile for the first time the other day, and I thought it would be it'd be pretty good discussion material because I mean, as far as breakout horror hits goes, it was, it was kind of up there. Like it, like it was everywhere for a while in September, 2022 after release. And, and the, the film only had a budget of $17 million, but grossed 217 million at the box office. So it, it did pretty damn well for a horror movie, a genre, which is typically kind of like, you know, reserved for weirdos like us. It typically plays second fiddle to the mainstream. So so I just wanted to talk about the, the phenomenon that kind of was this movie and how it was just everywhere for a bit. And then, and then in traditional internet, internet fashion, we haven't heard anything about it since, but um, <laughs> that's just the internet, right? But yeah, I just think it'd be interesting to examine why this movie really caught the, the eye of the world for a bit there. Yeah, of course. Um, Caleb, your, 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 uh, your history with this film. Um, yeah, I guess I, I saw a lot of the viral marketing at the time. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know if this looks good or not. The the idea of the smiling uh, villain in the in the trailers, they kind of played it up almost comedic. And so I came in like, okay, is this going to be kind of a, a black comedy type of horror movie? And it didn't end up being that. But uh, yeah, maybe I'll save some of my thoughts for as we, we go along. But I definitely did see it and come out a fairly positive. Um, Johnny, if you, if you may just briefly give us, you know, give the audience a little like spoiler free, like there'll be spoilers of course, but give us a brief summary of just the the basic premise of the movie. All right. So essentially we have a psychotherapist named uh, Rose Cotter and she's, and she's a, you know, likes to put in a lot of hours at work to kind of try and help those in need who might need, who might have like, you know, mental problems. Just kind of, she's very passionate about the stigma around mental health. And this is a theme we see 
that continuously pops up in this film as well. There's a lot of dressing people who are apparent appear as crazy versus, you know, mentally disordered. But anyways, so she's very, very active in that. And then one day she meets a patient named Laura Weaver and who, who claims she's being terrorized by an invisible entity and apparently has foretold her death. Of course, Laura is used to, sorry, Rose is used to dealing with paranoid schizophrenic patients and those with PTSD and delusions. And so she tries to treat Laura until Laura smiles at her and then slits her own throat in front of Rose. And that starts the trajectory of this film in which now Rose is the one who begins to see, to, to see people with the unnatural creepy smile in her own life as well. And her, and her own life begins to deteriorate as a result. Thank you, sir. Now, uh, I guess onto the discussion. So, Johnny, in in your whole like you know film and or just horror catalog that you have you know amassed all across like the years and whatnots, how does maybe this is the wrong question, but how does this film stand out uh, from all the other uh, horror stories that you have encountered? Well, it's it definitely. I mean, it's there are ways it stands out. There are ways it's it's similar to a lot of the, to the styles of some some recent horror films, which is, which is fine. Yeah. Like I'm happy. It's, it's at least drawing, it's at least drawing similarities from good horror films. That's fair. If, and, and not campy ones, if that makes sense. Like, like smile is not, is not entirely original. It has some very original, I think moments, some very original ideas that are quite, quite cool. I love the subtlety of it for one. Like, I mean, in the sense of just, it is relying on just that creepy smile. And it's surprisingly effective. There are like there's this like one of the, I I do think some of the best scenes in the movie are in the first half. Yes, yeah. And the second half wasn't quite as strong for me, but especially there's one scene where Rose is in her house and she turns and there's there's Laura, the patient who who killed herself in front of her, just in the corner, in the dark, just smiling at her, and it's genuinely chilling. Yeah, like you get goosebumps because there's just something about how long the director knows exactly how long to hold on that frame to make you uncomfortable. And it's just the best moments of the film are just like that, where it's it's the subtlety, it's this this eeriness. Like it's like we're all familiar with the villain with the evil creepy grin. You know, the, the psychopath is smiling at you. And I like how it's not an overtly overtly cartoonish smile. It's it's just evil enough. It really does a lot with very little, and that's when this movie's at its strongest. There are times where where the jump scares do kind of they kind of mount and they keep coming, but at the same time, like they're they're all actually genuinely good jump scares. I think. I think. I think. Damn near every time this movie had a jump scare, I was. I like. I. I mean, and I'm so used to. Here's my problem: is I'm so used to these movies that I didn't jump once watching this. I'll be honest. I, I could call. I could call when they were going to happen. I didn't know exactly what was going to happen, and that's kind of cool. I mean. Typically, it's just like I, I remember watching Cocaine Bear with a bunch of buddies, and I was like, "Someone's gonna hit the door in three, two, one. Someone hit the door." <laughs> this one, like, like there's the, the, there's another scene where she's going back over some audio of Laura speaking to her. Yeah, and you know there's gonna be a jump scare because she keeps cranking the volume up, and it sounds like someone's breathing when there should be no one breathing because Laura's dead. And the, so you know there's gonna be a jump scare, but you you still don't know what happens next, and that's that's kind of cool. It's, it's an element of just like. Okay, they're using a traditional framework, a traditional formula of just you can predict a lot of these movies, like it and another example, part part one and part two. You know when the scares are coming, but they're generally pretty inventive. Yeah, and the one that you highlighted with the the audio, I think, was the best jump that they had in this. Uh, that one worked really well. 
Yeah, so I think I think Smile is a movie that, uh, to me, it occupies the same territory as like The Conjuring or It or It Follows, where it's not quite a modern classic, but it's a damn good time. It's got a good sense of atmosphere. It has a genuinely creepy villain. Has some really some really clever atmosphere building. A, a good enough story, but it's it's a little bit standard for its time yeah. in, in a lot of ways. But for what you get. It is pretty damn entertaining, and you can't really fault a movie for being entertaining. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I was definitely thinking of It Follows a lot. And, yeah, a little unfair to put put it up against that, because It Follows, I think, is a stronger, uh, scarier kind of film. Hmm. But, yeah, very similar premise. And I'm curious for you, Isaac, maybe someone who's a little bit less familiar with the, the horror tropes that we get, uh, just not seeing as many of these movies. Yeah, how how did some of that stuff play for you in this? Were you did the jumps get you or? Well, the atmosphere did get to me though. Like, but I, but similar to Johnny, uh, patterns I can recognize some form of patterns, and movies are a good way of gauging patterns, or at least like, um, what is it, recognizing patterns? Excuse me. And so, what I did, re- you know, what I was in the in the you know horror films that I have seen. As he said, there are, they kind of, I'm not going to call it cliches, but I definitely could see the skeletons uh, and structure of other, you know, buildups and and punchlines that we see uh, when it comes to jump scares. So, but even then it's like the sudden noise does also get to me. It does like, you know, stimulate my senses. And, but then there was genuine like moments where like, you know, we see Laura uh, or her faint shadow in the corner over there in the kitchen and, yeah, that's that was genuinely creepy because it was just like, all right, they they're building it up, they're building the atmosphere. It has some good atmosphere to it, but I was like waiting for okay, what's what's coming next? And yeah, for the first like bit of the half of the movie, I kept you know being like, okay, like we're gonna she's gonna keep seeing things, right? Um, and there were some there's two films in particular that I was uh, heavily reminded by, um, which which I would have to see this one again. I will, I will fully admit. I, I mean, the smile, excuse me. Uh, because I felt it had a similar premise, and maybe the structure is very similar, but I felt it had a similar premise to uh, The Invisible Man from, I believe it was 2020, um, mm. where you know this woman thinks that she's going insane, but it turns out it's uh, her controlling husband who has this high-tech invisible suit, and he is stalking her and basically wanting to control her again after she escapes, and... She says that she uh, is not crazy and is not doing anything um, that is out of the ordinary, but really uh, it's her husband messing with her. Spoilers for that movie. And <laughs> I found that similar to this in a way where, you know, as the film keeps going on, uh, the, the protagonist's mental health starts to very much uh, spiral downwards and deteriorate, um, which leads me to another one, Caleb, which you and I will very much remember this kind of reminded me of a light version and or just like, you know, that maybe I'm connecting this and I'm projecting a little more. This reminded me a bit of Perfect Blue. Okay, I can see some loose loose connection. Very loose, of course. Um, I, I, I may I'll go into that a little more, but I think the biggest thing that I was a little bit like, I, I did come away with this a little disappointed of like, I, I kind of wish the, the film was kind of like, you know, trimmed down a bit when it, when it came to its length. Yeah, I, I definitely agree there too. And like Johnny mentioned, where I feel like the maybe they get too ambitious or too big with their scares. I think this movie worked more in the subtle moments. And yeah, I get that maybe they're supposed to be being like, oh, look at her 
as her mental state escalates, the uh, the threat becomes more exaggerated. But the the giant uh, version of her mother at the end, I was like, ah, this feels like maybe it belongs to a little bit more of a sillier type of movie. I still like some of that stuff, but it felt a little off from what we'd seen up to that point. I got some mixed thoughts on those those parts of the movie because I do agree there is there that I was surprised to see how long this film was. Like it's almost two hours. I was genuinely surprised that it was going to be that long, even just like knowing the concept of it. I was like, really? Okay. I mean, I'm, and I mean, and it's hard. It's hard for me because for a lot of these things we've just mentioned, there's a positive and a negative. Hmm. Like, I mean, yeah, this they probably could have terms and fat of this film, but I was kind of genuinely enjoying the story and also kind of wanting to see where it goes. And there were some moments, and I haven't had this in a horror film in a bit, where I was like, oh, I, there's that one part where she she's alone at night on her computer and she turns to the, and you hear something in the dark doorway and you're just like, oh, I gotta watch another scene of her alone at night in the dark. <laughs> because the movie is, is good at building tension and good at creeping you out. So you, you kind of kind of almost in a way don't want to watch and that's a really cool feeling to have but at the same time it's just like it did it did get a little heavy-handed like i remember there there is one scare where her sister walks out of the car oh yes and that do i think that scare kind of needed to be in the movie not really but was it good yeah i didn't i didn't expect it it was it was interesting it was a really it was really messed up and it showed it did show her condition deteriorating a bit um, I actually did like half like that monster at the end where the mother, the giant version of the mother, because that reminds me of a genuinely horrifying scene in uh, Wreck. If you guys have seen Wreck. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That reminded me of the end of the creature at the end of Wreck as well. The one, the, the, however, Wreck did it better. Yeah. Because A, much lower visibility. You only got glimpses of it. And B, and here's the most important thing. You didn't see its face. Yeah. The face. No, I kind of get in a movie like Smile, your 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 demonic entity kind of has to smile, <laughs> but it looked like clown makeup. A little bit, yeah. So I, if we, if its face had just been hidden behind the hair, I think that would have been much more effective. And, and that's there's always going to be a horror argument of do we show the monster, do we not show the monster? That's that's been gone on since the beginning of time with horror movies, and it will go on for much longer. And I don't think there's a clear-cut answer. Some movies you want to... It's it's a, such a fucking fine line. But I also do want to call attention to something Isaac brought up, too, with the mental state deteriorating. That's a tro- that is a trope as old as time called the unreliable narrator. There you go. One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest is a great example of that, a classic example <laughs> of that. And when I see that in a movie, I go, okay... I kind of know how this is going to go. It's not a problem. Like You know how those stories typically go. But it also means that I'm kind of on high alert because I go, okay, how many of these things are not happening the way that we're seeing them? Like, And, 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 also, I, and I also start getting nervous for the ending of the movie. Because <laughs> oh. that's typically when, when the BS, it was a dream the whole time, bullshit. Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. so I was just kind of like, are we going to get any of that? So I was kind of, some, some people I understand weren't as happy with the ending of this film, but I thought it was a lot less harmful than some, some certain twist writing movie directors have done. <laughs> Supposed genius. That I, could, that I could name, who we've discussed multiple times on this channel, and we'll be discussing on this channel to the end of freaking time. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad they didn't pull out the whole it's a dream thing. 
But I did kind of feel like maybe we could have cut out that bit where she, even though I think it was a good scene of her going back to the uh, the cops' apartment yeah, to explain yeah. why they broke up, and then that's kind of like it never happened. I was kind of like, ah, I get that's good for a character, but maybe that was a little bit that we could trim for for time purposes. I guess there was also that dream of her stabbing that one guy. Uh, what was his name? Her first patient that Carl. that we see. Yeah, her stabbing him, and then it was a dream. I was kind of like, ah, I don't love those fake out dream moments, but. <laughs> Yeah, and while it was longer, it was it was time I was enjoying. Like I wanted to, I do like how we didn't really, how the film didn't say, oh, it's a demon, oh, it's this entity from this time period. I like how that was still open ended. Yep. Like, like, like we don't know what it was, and I, I'm okay with that. Yeah, like very like ambiguous as to what it was, uh, where what it was. Yeah, I like that. Um, these are my main thoughts at the moment. If Isaac if you, or Caleb, if you guys want to jump in with your topic. Uh, if I may, Caleb, I'm going to ask you the same question as well. Uh, in your history and your journey of horror, uh, does this, you know, is how does this stand out to you as a film with against all the other ones? Maybe that's a it's a little too much, but I just I want to throw it out there. Um, I don't feel like it stands out hugely. I feel like there's a lot of films that kind of sit in this similar kind of vibe, and just generally, I enjoy. I enjoy horror movies, so you know I'm fine with ones that kind of sit in a, a vibe where we're following someone slowly deteriorating. Uh, what's that one that came out a few years ago that's really good? Uh, the Babadook. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, this is you know a little bit of a lesser version of that, and also throw in It Follows, but I can just enjoy just about any horror movie to some degree. So, mm -hmm. uh, so, so I could definitely go with the vibe here and. Like we've all mentioned, they've, they've got some good creepy moments up at the front of the movie. Some good uh, mood setting. I like when she's just in the hospital and walks by. And Carl is just like smiling in the background. I think that was, was a good little moment there. I do wish that maybe it hadn't played as seriously. Because when we do get to some of those more silly stuff in the end. I was kind of like, ah, I can enjoy the, the sensibilities of pumping this up and making it more extreme. So I don't know. Maybe uh, if they'd had a sharper turn. And then the second act, it's getting much more violent and out there. Maybe I would have gone with some of that a little bit more. Yeah, or if they've kept it more like It Follows and kind of kept it not really that gory, kind of a lot more low profile. I probably would have preferred that, yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of, I do agree, it's a bit of a tone change. Yeah, and I also kind of wish that we never heard the thing speak the way that it does. Because that first scene when it talks through the, the therapist, mm -hmm. and they do like that really computerized kind of sound... I was like, ah, oh, that takes me a little bit of it. it. It feels a little too like a phony, computerized voice that they're doing there. It feels like a last-ditch add-on from The Ring at that point. <laughs> uh, you know, like, oh, oh, y your time is coming soon. It's like, okay, well, that's, that's The Ring. Yeah. Yeah, maybe there could have been some other way to translate that. Yeah. I, I do like, that being said, I do like that first phone conversation where it's like, do you know what you let in? Look behind you. That's good. Yeah, I like that. That was that was genuinely chilling how that was done. Yeah, definitely like that moment. Yeah, so... Yeah, and that scene that you mentioned earlier with the sister, when she like does the little head drop thing. Mm -hmm. That I do think was a good moment. I wish that it hadn't been all over the uh, the ads for this. That was like the thing they sold the movie on to some degree. Really? So, yeah, it was all over the place. Whenever I'd see those like little like 30 second ad pieces... That's how they would end it every time. I was like, oh, come on. <laughs> I feel like I saw that, but I forgot it. 
when I watched this, so I, I, I didn't know it was coming. But anyway, carry on. <laughs> That's good, though. Yeah, I did get a slight unintentional laugh at, after that when she realizes that, oh, she wasn't actually there. And she starts freaking out in the car, and she's, like, punching her steering wheel. And then we slowly pull back, and we see the little kid in the window just watching. I was like, oh, no, this poor kid, he's so traumatized. <laughs> First the cat, then then this. My aunt is masked up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a poor little bastard. Which, by the way, that cat scene, oh, my gosh. I was very uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, that actually... You know what? As much as I just said about the unreliable narrator thing and how I start kind of looking for that, that still caught me off guard. I thought I, I thought he was going to open after getting that super soaker thing or whatever he got. He was going to open it up and see that lame ass model train, and she was just going to feel feel kind of out of date. And he would be kind of like, "Oh yeah, thanks." And it would be super awkward and kind of show us how kind of out of it she is because she's working too much and she's losing her mind. I was not expecting him to pull a dead cat out of that box. So I was actually kind of impressed that, that, that the movie kind of got me that way. <laughs> it was perfectly set up when, you know, she was looking for mustache and it, it got me. That was probably like my worst thing of the film. Cause I just, I had to like, <laughs> unfortunately I paused right when he had like the dead cat in his hands. I'm like, crap, crap. And then I had to go, <laughs> pet my, I had to go pet my own cat. Cause I just couldn't take it. Like, I'm not saying I was triggered or anything like that, but definitely like, I couldn't do it, man. I, oh, man, it's it's like John Wick all over again. Oh, and it's just so, it's like humiliating and, and horrible just watching her being like, oh, please don't believe me. I, I swear I did not do this. Like, why would I want to come and fuck this party up? That's the thing that frustrated me with this film. And I guess that that is the point, of course. Yeah. The, the biggest frustration like out of this whole film is I'm not crazy. And I'm like, of course they're going to do it. So this is where I was like, if they had like you know cut the movie's length in half and they're like clearly starting her off as being okay fairly traumatized from you know her childhood uh of memories of her mother dying uh i'm like okay so she's seen things and you know slowly her sanity starts to deteriorate i was like and, and she's like saying no it's fine i'm like yeah i don't know if i can watch this movie again because just like her keeps saying that just frustrates me because as a person who doesn't always have it all there it's like, no, I got to be truthful when it comes to like, you know, my mental state and my mental health. But I guess that is the point that they're trying to go for. Yeah, this movie has got a very, very heavy hand in some kind of mental health awareness. Yeah. And some and therapy and angle. And also, before I forget, I just want to call out Sozie Bacon for the excellent, excellent performance in this movie. Especially that, especially that scene that like at, at the party where she's trying to convince them all she's not crazy. That's so... You can feel what she's feeling in that scene. That's so believable. So well done. And then, of course, she traps and falls into that table, too. It just makes it uh. all the more awkward. And you're right, Isaac. That's a great word. It's not only kind of... It's not... You don't only fear the desperation that no one understands, but it's also humiliating. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh. And you don't really see that that quite as much. So that was a nice... That was just... It was just like a kick when you're down moment, you know? Like, just brutal. Yeah, then her arms are all shredded. I was like, oh, man, that looks... Then her sister has to drive her to the hospital because she can't drive like that. Oh. I was just trying to imagine that car ride. <laughs> oh, fuck. First the dead cat, and then you fell into the glass table. Oof. Yeah. Yeah, but I was going to say about the mental health stuff, too, is that it is... I don't know if I got a clear resolution on that one because it's just... I think it's a good... And this is more what I was kind of expecting with this movie, especially when you get her her traumatic background and her profession. I was going to, I was wondering at the end, I was wondering, okay, is this a demonic entity or is this in her head? And for a while I was like, this movie could kind of go either way. Hmm. 
at the end, of course, we find out it was it, it is an entity, right? It is it is something supernatural. But for a while, I was like, which the way is this movie gonna go with this? Yeah, because I I do like the whole I'm not crazy. I'm actually being chased by something because and it's Caleb as you can vouch for this as much as I can. A lot of haunted house movies and possession movies and ghost movies have that happen. I'm not crazy. This is really happening to me. Everyone doesn't believe it, and then they get axed by the ghost. Yeah, it's it's all too common in this in this genre. So I was it, it was kind of interesting to see that it be a bit more of a heavy hand behind that because there is like she was working eighty hour weeks as a therapist. She's observing a lot of people's trauma. She's not seeing her own therapist as often enough. She's kind of being too trying to take it all on herself. So I think that was an interesting just like people don't don't cry for help until they scream. You know what I mean? So that was, I think that was clever. I wish it was leaned into a little bit more because at the end of the movie, I don't feel like that amounted to much. Yeah, yeah, I. But I do like that it was there. It shows more of a more thought into it than Halloween Kills had. God, the lack of brains <laughs> in that movie is astonishing. But yeah, and I can't, I can't tell if it was like maybe there was an element of studio meddling. Like, hey, if this makes a lot of money, we can make a sequel. So in the end, don't leave it too ambiguous. Mm, yeah. But I feel like if they had it, it would have had a stronger ending. Oh, good grief. I think so, too. And there, there is a sequel coming out, too. Oh, always oh, there? <laughs> okay. And you know what? I, I kind of don't mind that. I do I do want to see more of more of this style. I do, I do like... I am a sucker for these... I don't know. I could call them 3.5 to 4 out of 5 horror movies. You know, where they're not revolutionary, but they're, but they're well done and they're a damn good time. I'm a sucker for these movies. Yep, yep. I like a few good scares, a good story, a good explanation, a cool monster. Give that to me, I'm happy. Some good acting. Like I'm, I don't, I don't need to watch a Hereditary or a Babadook every day. Like I like, I like these movies that are kind of, kind of not necessarily predictable, but just kind of good at what they do. I, I'm okay with those. So yeah, there's there's like a comfort blanket element or comfort food element. Yeah, you just want to sit down and have like a cozy horror movie situation. It's familiar. You don't want uh, Barbarian every other week, <laughs> if you saw that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, one of the things I was thinking that I feel like maybe it could have helped trim down some of the runtime and just trim down some of the repetition of her constantly having to be like, hey, please believe me, don't think I'm crazy, is I don't know if we necessarily needed her to be uh, engaged to that that guy. I, I don't really feel like he yeah. necessarily adds that much to the story. He added Jack all to the story, actually. Yeah, and he's an asshole, too. I, I kept getting annoyed seeing him. I was like, oh, why, why is he treating her like this? Not supportive at all to his partner. <laughs> yeah, he didn't really, yeah. Well, I unfortunately saw him as a layman and, in fact, saw him as, like, the straight man. Where, you know, if, if this was her beforehand, uh, like, if, if he's supposed to be the mental state that she was uh, before, you know, the incident... Um, He's just supposed to, like I kind of I kind of felt for the guy. I'm like, oh, this is really awkward. Like this, ugh. yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, this is yeah. How do you how do you explain this to everybody? You know, first your your life partner, and then all of a sudden like things go bad. So I, I I definitely felt bad for for the guy. I felt bad for him until he completely disappeared from the movie. Well, I don't know if I blame him on that or if the writers were going for as soon as you know the you know the end kind of end bit starts when she sees the therapist again. It's almost like we're like unreliable, unreliable narrator till the very end of like battle within the center of the mind. Well, and that's I mean, like, sorry, what I meant to say was that um, I felt sorry for him, but then it felt like he just disappeared from the movie after that point, like, like genuinely, like yeah. he wasn't. I feel like he could have 
we could have gone. Maybe he tried to reach out to her again. Maybe he tried to. Maybe he followed her to the house in the end. You know what I mean? Like there was no. He just completely was almost written out of the movie at that point. I was like, okay, what was so much for him being important in her life? You know. Yep. Yeah. Like, and there, and we even could have had a touch of him being not supportive again, and that would have kind of closed that up and made him more made him more real. But it just felt like he was kind of a write off at that point. Yeah, especially considering they're engaged too, so yeah. their lives are so intertwined. Exactly. For him to just fall out and suddenly she's going back to her ex. <laughs> yeah, it seemed like they care more about the the cop guy. Yeah. Than that that guy. Yeah. No, I agree with both of you on that. It's just like I, I, I'm looking at the writing in that sense of like where yeah, why, why did they like forget about him all of a sudden, or I mean, not forget about, but what was the idea with that? And yeah, maybe I need to watch it again to get more of a viewpoint on what it may. be maybe but i feel like caleb might be onto something with the studio meddling part you never know i mean this is but it's hard to say because this is a two-hour movie when you see a lot of studio meddling it meddling it typically the movie feels unfinished yeah no that, that that's fair and this doesn't this doesn't feel unfinished to me this feels like the, this feels like it's it's somebody's pretty this is his first film right oh yeah i guess i'll mention this i Parker, Parker Finn, yeah. Yeah, th- this is his first... I think that this is a pretty good first effort for a new horror director. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Like, yeah. yeah, no, I gotta, I gotta, like, you know, give... It's competent. It's competently done. I gotta give him credit for, you know, and all the actors as well. I think the actors, especially with, like, the... How, like, I don't know, like awkward or, like, cringy the, the smile is, they do it well. Like, I think all the actors, like, pretty much give on a good performance. Maybe it's, like, the characters that some people may not like, but, like... No, I think all the actors do a good job. And yeah, no, I, well, you know, this made me uncomfortable. Uh, it's still a good movie. Like, it's still like, he, he made a good film. I don't know if I'd go back to it, but like, no, like good effort, man. And I want to touch on that really quick too. Um, I like it when a movie can make me uncomfortable because that, yeah, that takes something so much more primal than just a jump scare. Totally. You, like you, Silent Hill 2 versus Silent Hill 3. Silent Hill 2 is objectively, I think, objectively scarier. But Silent Hill 3 makes you makes your skin crawl. It's it's <laughs> it's wrong, man. Like it's it makes you disturbed, and that's that's cool. You don't see that as much. Yeah, and I was going to mention for this director, and I'm I'm sad I couldn't find this today. Um, but it turns out this movie was based off of a, a short film he made uh, back in 2020. Yeah. And actually, the uh, the character that we see at the beginning of this, uh, Laura. She was the main character of that. So this movie is almost a sequel to his little short film. Mm-hmm. And in terms of a director just being able to bring their short film to life, I think that this was a pretty good expansion. And it was reminding me of this movie that came out, I don't know, maybe it was like 2017 called Lights Out. Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought of Lights Out too, actually. Yeah, and that was the same thing. Uh, someone just made a short film in a studio. was like, hey, try to bring this to, to life as a, a full movie. And I feel like this is maybe more successful than that one was at that that one lights out felt like it was more about jump scares but but another kind of cool kind of mid horror movie i would I, I would group lights out in the same category as this this is a, this is yeah. stronger effort because it just it has more genuine genuine goosebumps and fear factor but lights out was also another another competent like you know comfort horror movie yeah yeah i enjoyed myself watching that one as well i can't remember it much right now yeah, me neither. <laughs> I just noticed it on my shelf early when we started recording. I was like, "Oh yeah, this kind of reminds me of Lights Out." Now I think about it. <laughs> I wanted to mention Lights Out, but I forgot. I forgot about it in the course of the discussion. But yeah, this is I, I think very much on the same level as something like that. Yeah, and so I'm I am excited to see what this guy does. I don't know if he's going to direct the sequel or move on to something else original, but 
yeah, curious to see what he can bring. I would really hope that the sequel of this is handled well, and I, I would hope the budget of the box office showing on the first one gives him a bit of trust in him to kind of make his own movie and not not cave to other demands. I hope he's just kind of left alone to make the movie he wants to make because, as we've seen, he's quite capable of doing it himself. Yeah. yeah, a lot of good mood moments, and I like all the... There's a number of cool visuals. Mm-hmm. Like, I always like when they show the... Uh, it's like upside-down trees. <laughs> the trees are on the top. Yes, I was going to say. I think that's really cool. <laughs> well, do you remember in the, when we were watching Candyman, the new one, and there was that... The opening yep. had that scene with the, ups, the, the city upside down. Yeah, that was great. Really like that. This one had a lot of moments like that too, and I I think that's a really cool visual. Yeah, I wonder if that's like going around in film school, so all the people who are coming out now, <laughs> they've uh, learned that technique. But it's cool. Adds a, a different kind of vibe, and I guess the visual visual metaphor too, that her world's turning upside down. I guess that's baked in there. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, I was. I, I also, you know, there actually there actually was a twist in this movie. I wanted to wanted to bring up it wasn't that big that that big and you maybe could have guessed it but it was where we find out when rose confronts her mother in the in the house that rose the story that's not what we thought it was she didn't her mother asked her to call for help and she didn't as, as, as a 10 year old kid and that's why and blamed herself for her mother's death yeah no i thought that was interesting too and i was not really sure how to take it like i didn't really i don't know do, do you guys feel like that like really brought much more to the the trauma element i wanted to bring that up because from a trauma standpoint 100 percent, i can see why she would have kind of a survivor's guilt around that but at the same time i don't think for for kind of the big revelation that was supposed to be it didn't really make much of a difference to me anyways yeah it was like i kind of could have guessed that she felt guilty about her mother dying in the same house as her when she was 10 like i don't I don't think it really added to my interpretation of the events, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because at that age, you know, it's hard to really hold her responsible. And I'm sure she would feel guilty even if she didn't do it. If just like, oh, I couldn't call them soon enough. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, good good, good point. So yeah, I, I, I liked the moment. I thought it it struck me as a, I was surprised. But yeah, ultimately, I don't feel like they did very much with it. Yeah, it felt. It's one of those things that felt kind of just thrown into the movie as well. Um, but not, not that it's a bad thing. I think. I think the story. I think the discovery of what one of my favorite parts of these horror movies, especially especially this kind of uh, comfort food horror movies we're talking about, is the is the whole "what are we dealing with" segment. Yeah. Where they where they where they go investigating and they go digging and they find out what the monster is. I always enjoy watching that, and this one, this one, I enjoyed it too. I enjoy the search, the, the detective work, so to speak, when time is running out. I think that's a, that's a cool story element. Yeah, that's that's some of the best stuff in the, the early half, like tracking down those those different suicides, mm-hmm. seeing the uh, the footage of the guy at the gas station. That moment stands out. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that, that was messed up, yeah. Yeah, and then going to the prison and seeing that one guy, he starts freaking out. <laughs> I like that, that whole prison scene there, so... Yeah, where he realizes she has it, and he and he just loses his mind. <laughs> yeah, that was all pretty fun. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff in this movie. It's just it's not it's not it's not a classic, but there is a lot of good stuff. Yeah, and I I, I don't know I yeah I guess it did make quite a bit of money, but I, yeah I really haven't heard many people talk about it since it came out. Which yeah I don't know I don't know maybe it hasn't had that much of an impact, but good good point I wanted to bring that up. Um, 
So this this movie is to me culturally very similar to It Part One. Hmm. Because It Part One, I mean, okay, minus minus the Stephen King, uh, it being a book before, minus the there being a 1990 movie, just in general, because It was the same where. Where even for a horror movie, people were talking about it. It was everywhere. The balloons, yeah. the clowns, the crazy guys at Halloween and clown suits beating people up. It was everywhere. It was just, it was a movie that tra- a horror movie that, that transcended um, just the horror audience and became a, a big box office success. And there's a bunch of those throughout throughout time as well. Like The Ring was another one. Yeah. Colossally made back its budget, right? Uh yeah, so like there's a, there's a lot of movies that do that, but it seems like unlike The Ring, I don't aside from it part 1 having a sequel, I don't think people talk much about that one a year or two later too. Like it was everywhere for a moment. Everyone was praising it and great reviews and everyone was talking about it, everyone loved it, and then all of a sudden it's just gone again. And I can kind of attribute that to horror not being the mainstream's you know, main main flavor. Yeah, could be. I think I think that's part of it too, but I also, but at the same time, the ring had has a staying power. Neither of those two, neither it or this movie has. Yeah, I wonder if some of that comes down to just the way we consume media now, because the ring was was always on TV. It would play a couple times a year. I I guess with TV, it still does not really being around anymore. I don't know if uh, the it movies are playing on uh, free cable or I, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing with that stuff now. Good point. I don't really know if they have the rights to do that anymore with all the streaming services around. But yeah, but yeah. I, I was. I guess. I guess my point, just to quickly wrap that up. My, my point was. Um, I, I think it's. In, I think you're. I think in part you're right with the how we consume media now. But I also do think that so, some movies like this one, I can see why it got it had its time in the spotlight. There's a lot of reasons for that. As, yeah. Like you know, it being a, a decent film aside. Um, <laughs> We, we can talk about that one, and I'm sure we have a lot to say about that too. I see hmm. it four times I could go off, I could go off the deep end on that one. But um, this one, this one, I think trended and caught and caught people on the internet because because of the viral trailers you were talking about, yeah, and because of the visual of that smile, because everyone goes, "Oh, it's so creepy," and then everyone got drawn in to see it. So I think I think there was a reason for this. I think this one took the internet kind of by storm and went went viral for a bit, but then like all viral things, it was gone the next day. Yeah. So its popularity was viral in nature, which I mean, good for Parker Finn for for the success, and I and I do think he's 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 shown some considerable considerable competency in the horror director genre, and I I want to see him do do more. So good for him, but it was very much a viral success, I think. Yeah, and with that kind of, I mean, I'm sure when it comes to the viral marketing stuff, it's mainly like young people that it's hitting. And so uh, their attention spans for films usually kind of bounce around. Oh, is it popular right now? Uh, let's forget it like a month after. <laughs> Tell me how to think. Yeah, some of that. I don't want to be too judgmental towards the younger crowd, but fair. I do feel like some of that happens there. That's fair. Yeah, so I think that's part of it for sure. Oh, but Isaac, is there anywhere you want to go uh, Go from here? Um. Well, I, I don't think i have like much else to like say with the with regards to the film i think you guys have pretty much perfectly said it with me i would ask about symbolism and what we like you know any any like hidden meanings or i think we may have already brought that up but i've only literally seen it once whereas like you both have now seen it twice so maybe 
there's any if there's any hidden symbolism do you guys like see any of that or did we already talk about it well i don't know if they were really hiding too much um yeah they put the trauma thing out there they they spell it out a lot that yeah this is all about her un unfaced trauma chasing her in that way and then yeah like we mentioned they kind of maybe fumble it at the end a little bit with her burning herself up and passing it on then it just becomes yeah this evil entity rather than uh something symbolic but yeah i think that i wouldn't say that there is symbolism in a literary horror sense i do think and i'm always going to appreciate this in horror movies because there's so many brainless ones there is yeah there is an intent there is an idea behind it like everything does like there there's a lot more going on than just the entity and the smiling and the creepiness and i'm always gonna appreciate that but i don't think it goes a lot deeper than that as caleb already mentioned we we like at some point i noticed just how often they were using the word crazy yes that was driving me nuts like that really that really stood out to me very very much because because that was clearly trying to be used to make a point yeah and it's a point that I like that they're making, but I don't think it goes much deeper than that. And I, I and I don't even know what I'm supposed to do with it. Like it just like so, if I hear someone calling someone crazy, am I supposed to assume they're being haunted by an entity? <laughs> oh no! Like, I mean, that's me making fun of it a little bit, admittedly. But I'm just, I kind of don't really know what the what I'm supposed to feel about that at the end of the day. I'm not. I'm not. I'm, it's satirical, and everyone just and everyone. It was. It was. Talk, like taking that trope that we all see in horror movies where everyone thinks the person who's suffering and being haunted is crazy and to turn that on its head a bit in which case i could appreciate that too but just maybe it could have been a bit funnier about that i don't i don't know how that's supposed to be handled really yeah maybe there's an element of like uh don't just look at the way i'm acting look at what the underlying cause is it's not that i'm crazy yeah. it's that i have this this trauma that's chasing me around and i can't escape it and i feel like my whole life's falling apart that and that would have and if they had worked worked that into that that like specificity and honed that to a point, I think I think that could have been really powerful. Yeah, but then you get a giant uh, version of her mom tearing its face off and climbing into her mouth, <laughs> yeah. which is a cool image. I like the visual, but it did feel like oh we've we've gone to a different place now. <laughs> it it was, but and I'm not gonna say it just in case you guys haven't seen that film in particular. It was done better by another film a couple of years ago. Oh, I saw yeah. that scene. I saw that scene. And I went, "Oh yeah, this thing," because because of the because the other film one that I'm not going to mention because I don't want to spoil anything. If in case you guys haven't seen it, sure, was just <laughs> you, was just like turn a corner. What the fuck? <laughs> it, like by comparison, like my reaction, like my, like my jaw hit the floor in the other film when that happened. So this time it was like, oh yeah, <laughs> seen it. Yeah, yeah. So it's just unfortunate. Like as cool an image as that was. <laughs> it was a little bit I was a little bit dull to it unfortunately yeah and it was it was a bit of a shame because I feel like they didn't quite commit and go far enough to like if they're willing to throw an image like that out there uh, maybe give us a little bit more with it like I like seeing that it had um, would it have like five jaws something like that it was just big smiles like that that was cool that was very cool it's like oh I wish we could see more of this this creepy guy instead of the very brief glimpses we get yeah but yeah I agree but again, I, yeah, I guess it's a hard balance, but there's a lot of ambition here, and maybe they couldn't quite corral it all. Maybe with, with a sequel they can focus it better or say what they want to say. Oh, and I guess there's one more thing I wanted to mention that I thought was, was amusing. I hadn't uh, 
I was definitely not expecting to see him in a, a role like this, but uh, <laughs> Cal Penn uh, appearing as the 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 Kumar as her boss. Yeah, it's like, oh, okay, I guess this this is what he's doing these days. <laughs> yeah, I was literally looking for Harold for Harold the entire movie. <laughs> I'm not gonna oh, lie. No. <laughs> yeah, of course you went there. <laughs> but but yeah, it was. I see him in a, because he. If I didn't know his face so well, he looks pretty far removed from his his usual role. Oh yeah, and and good for him for diversifying. Yeah, I know, I know he's been doing more serious stuff. I just haven't watched any. I think I think he's mainly doing TV these days. But but it was it was nice seeing him. I thought he was was fine in this. Yeah, absolutely. He he was believable as, as a doctor. Yeah, I felt bad for him too. He was really reaching out for that his uh his worker his employee, but she was just spiraling yeah he was he was more human than that than the fiance was for sure that's true yeah like that scene when he was like hey i read up about mental illness turns out it could be hereditary i looked it up i was like really you had to look that up you, you, yeah, i mean that was shitty <laughs> that's true so i had to see what i was chaining myself to i was like oh my god what a callous asshole this guy is chaining yourself to that's a that, that's a great way of putting it yeah of course why not yeah i mean like what the f- yeah, you, and I and I just kind of thought to myself in that moment. I was like, "You had to look that up." Uh, that's what I was thinking too. She, oh, she told you she found her freaking mother dead when she was ten. You don't need to look that up. You fucking know that when she tells you that, you fucking idiot. Like, what the? It's just kind of like it, you you needed an article to tell you that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It felt weird. <laughs> uh, that was that. That was. Thanks for bringing that up. I wanted to rant about that for a minute. <laughs> that 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 was really dumb. <laughs> Yeah, and I also thought that the uh, her sister's husband was also like unnecessarily uh, just mean to her all the time. That guy just seemed like he was a little bit of an asshole too. <laughs> oh, that entire uh, luncheon they had with the, the, the one of the very first scenes where her and her fiance go to meet the sister and her husband, and they're just dicks the whole time. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Well, you know what? That guy. I kept seeing that guy as. Um, do, do you remember Step Brothers, Derek? Oh, I never saw that. Will Ferrell's older brother in that movie, like this spiffy, spiffy, pretentious dick who drives a Range Rover. I just literally, he lo- he just reminds me of him so much and just like, I couldn't take him seriously. <laughs> yeah, he did feel like he was playing, like maybe he was like a comedian or more comedic actor. Yeah. Kind of thrown into this. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. But yeah, I agree. He was a little bit over. I mean, you're always going to have problems with with in-laws is a common trope too so i can't blame them maybe that much but it was it was pretty heavy (laughs) i did think it was funny too that they kept talking about like oh you should sell that house get some get some money to live off of and then we finally go there it's like clear like a tear down it was like how much you could really sell that for i mean that thing (laughs) i guess maybe the the land land, but yeah yeah. (laughs) a nice spot i guess (laughs) in the middle of nowhere acreage flip it and then like make a fortune Maybe, yeah, maybe. Yeah, potentially. <laughs> but I was expecting a nicer house. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm always, I'm always gonna welcome in a horror movie someone going back to a condemned, rotting, falling apart house because I know only good things are gonna happen in there. That's fair. That's fair. And this film was no different. <laughs> I like creepy old houses. I'm not sure if I have too many more places to go. I, I can't think of anything off the top of my head, at least. Hmm. Unless you got anything else, Isaac? I, yeah, you know, I don't really have... What what'd you guys think of the score? How about that? I forgot to, forgot to ask that. Johnny, what did you think of the score? Uh, there were two or three times I noticed it. 
Yeah. I noticed it a couple times as well. Yeah, I was like, okay, this is good, doing a good job setting some atmosphere, but I didn't notice it too much. Yeah. And sometimes that's okay, because I think that going referencing it once again, um, I think I think a flaw of that movie was actually the score, because every jump scare had that, that, that crescendo yep. accompanying it, and you could call it coming from a freaking mile away. Yeah. And it would have been it would have been creepier if it was quiet. This movie, I don't recall that the score would kind of wait until after the scare happened. So then after the scary thing happened, there was all this discordant chaos, and I was like, okay, that's a that's better utilized. Yep. No, that's fair. Yeah, I like the in the beginning where when she's interviewing Laura, uh, it's very quiet. Like things, it's only Laura who starts getting you know antsy, and then after you know things start to go south with her. That's when, or Laura, excuse me. That's when the music starts to kick in. So I'm like, yeah, that's that's pretty good. I, I like when you know score isn't uh, used as a way of building unsettled uh, unsettledness. Excuse me. It obviously can, but I also like it when the actors themselves can do that. <laughs> yeah, and I guess the the one last thing I'll call out is uh, that that cop boyfriend of hers, uh, Kyle Gallner, the actor. Man, this guy used to pop up all over the place in in horror movies. I don't know if he's making a little comeback. He was also in Scream 5. Uh, so, yeah, I always appreciate seeing him. He used to pop up in so much stuff. And he was on Smallville for a little while. So, so there you go. Oh, yeah, yeah, I do recognize his face, actually. <laughs> he looks like a younger Pedro Pascal. Oh. He's probably only like 10 years younger, if that. Probably. Oh, there's a cat. Maybe that's the one from... Jeez, uh... oh. it's must. It's, 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 I was supposed to say mustard. It's mustache. No, I don't. Watch out around Christmas, yeah. Don't open any Christmas boxes. Yes. <laughs> um. Oh, goofball. I will rec. I, 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 this is, there's some notes on um, on the uh, sequel to mm. Parker Fan left the, intentionally left part of the movie ambig- ambiguous with, with some things unresolved. So maybe the, there's a reason some questions aren't answered. He wants wants to deliberately find new ways to throw it all in. That's fair. Oh, okay. I mean, I, I'm... Scheduled, scheduled for October next year. Very well. Yeah, and I, I hope they don't go too deep into explaining, because sometimes in horror movies, when they come back for the sequel, and they are like, okay, we're going to take away all the mystery and just explain the whole thing. Yeah. Sometimes that can be like, oh, no, you went in no direction that I don't like. <laughs> or they do what, what what the thing 2011 did and try and prequel it and completely <laughs> talk it up. Oh, yeah. Boy. Yeah. Oh, boy. Um, yeah, I especially hope that he doesn't go down the, <laughs> okay, yeah, hopefully, not to sound contrarian and cynical, I, I, but I do, I do hope that with, with the sequel, if we're going there, I do hope that they don't build like a whole universe out of this. Let's, let's just keep it as it is. Let's not, you know, try anything like if, go in another direction, maybe go like, you know, do a new, like another original IP. Cause you know, obviously some horror franchises, you know, like Insidious have built a, massive mythology with itself uh with the you know multiple movies and installments so hopefully this one can at least be you know maybe a little more i don't know reserved and whatnot what i i what i can see them doing i'm not saying this is good or bad but just what i could see them doing is mentioning that there's been like other like maybe we see like a we we jump ahead in the future maybe like so we're, we're past um the cop boyfriend and uh we've we've like skipped past a few people and it's in a new town uh, or they could just do the, all right, let's see how it started. Like where this demon originally came from potentially, or like, let's do a cult. 
Like, like, why not? Who, oh, who, no. who wouldn't love that? Oh no! A cult of smiles. That's getting into like Halloween uh, six, was it? When he was, it was like a, a runic cult, and they're controlling Michael Myers, and it's like, oh no, what's going on? <laughs> How original. Some some cult, cults are great when they don't put magic in there. Yeah, yeah, they're directing the smile creatures for some yeah greater purpose for the cult. Oh no! No. <laughs> Oh, you lose me so quick. <laughs> or it's just like everybody will smile. Like they're just trying to. Tr- yeah, I get maybe that could work. We're just like every, you know, everyone. Okay, never mind. <laughs> Turn back. Yeah. Do not pass go. Damn! All right, all right, all right. Knock it off. There we get it. But yeah, so something, something like that where either like, or, or some corporation gets a hold of it. Oh golly, no. <laughs> gets a, gets a hold of the smile virus. I'm not. I'm not gonna acknowledge that with a with a character voice. <laughs> I, I refuse. I'm not. That's so dumb. I'm not even gonna. No. Uh, well, guess no. what? He's probably he, he has like you know all the things I mentioned are absolutely stupid. So like, there's absolutely no way that he can think of anything more like stupid than I have. I I literally mean that as a compliment. Like he probably think of something a lot more like creative and thoughtful than I ever could have. It's, as long as it's better than the ending of Condemned 2 where, where, where you kill the evil villain by screaming at him until his head explodes. Okay, that sounds a little bit fun. But was it with a mega, megaphone or, or megaphone? <laughs> Not magna. No, it was just screaming at him until his head explodes. Oh, that, that sounds fun. Uh, but maybe let's move to... Uh... If it wasn't supposed to be a horror game, yes. <laughs> yeah, maybe let's move to the final, final summations here for us. Uh, starting with, uh, with you, Isaac, since you, you opened this up for us. All right, fair enough. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, no, this is uh, this is definitely an interesting film. It made me uncomfortable. It kind of made me groan a bit uh, with you know some of the scenarios and places they took it with. Uh, the ending was interesting though, but I definitely could, like I said, couldn't help but think of other films. But that's you know, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not I'm not calling you know uh, Finn a hack. I like hack. No, of course not. Um, yeah, this is a this is a good like first entry, uh, or just you know a good first. Uh, I guess mid-budget horror film and uh, maybe low, lower budget horror film, excuse me. And yeah, definitely, you know, feel for the guy. I'll uh, give him my, you know, thumbs up for seeing. Yeah, let's uh, let's see more, man. I want to see what you can do uh, with, with other horror um, or with other horror ideas that come to your head. Uh, let's go. Uh, Caleb, what are, what are your final thoughts on this film? I think it was a pretty solid little horror movie that had the unfortunate... Uh positioning of coming out in 2022 when when there was so many great horror movies coming out uh, there was a lot of good ones i saw last year and so this one just kind of fell somewhere in the middle and like you know th- there's always a place for those kind of horror movies that fall in that position and uh, i'm glad to have the excuse to to go back to it but it definitely wasn't one of the ones that i walked into 2022 being like oh that's the you know that's a great one it was just a, a good one for me uh, but how about you johnny yeah I would. I've said a lot of a lot of my overall overall thoughts on this, and it, it's a good it's a good comfort food horror movie. But it it stands above all a fair few of those other ones with some genuinely creepy moments that and chilling and a, f- a few chilling atmospheres that a lot of those films can't quite muster by comparison. But yeah, it's 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 not a new classic. It's a lot of fun. I, I thoroughly enjoy it. It's a little overly long. Maybe a little. Maybe loses direction and changes tone a little bit. But it's it's fun. You can't fault it for for just kind of being being like good to great. 
it's not a classic, but it's, it's good to great. It's fun. Good feature film for a new director, and I hope I hope the sequel is at least just as good. Yep, absolutely. And uh, Isaac, would you like to uh, take us home? <sighs> I wonder what would happen uh, if Joker got a hold of this here demon, <laughs> or smile demon. Till next time, peace. I did just want to highlight, though, for some of the... In the little bonus section for 2022 horror movies, some of the ones I really liked was... Uh, Please do. Did you guys see uh, The Black Phone? Uh, I think I wanted to watch that. I heard about that one. I heard that was quite good. Yeah, that one was that one was pretty good. And it also involved some some traumatic stuff with some, some child abuse elements. And some of that hit super close to him. I thought that they handled that really well and really thoughtfully. I'm sorry, Caleb, but I just typed in um, 2022 horror movies, and I couldn't help but notice Hocus Pocus 2. Oh my god. Oh, oh I forgot that that... Oh, yeah. And of course, Morbius. Morbius. Do they do they count that as a horror movie? It's Morbid it's time. It's Morbid time. Well, that one stands out. That's Damn. Damn. <laughs> Damn. Great use of my voice. <laughs> Oh, and I guess Nope. I, I guess Nope counts as a horror movie. Nope. I haven't seen that yet. Oh my goodness, like, you gotta see that one. That was that was a good one. I thought that um, Incantation was fantastic. Incantation? I think I saw that one. Have you guys seen Incantation? Let me take a look. What what month was that released? I do not freaking know. Do they count... Um... <laughs> oh no, I didn't see this, but I wanted to. Hmm. Do they count the Northman as horror? Uh, sorry, it was uh, March 18th was Thank you. Uh, Incantation. No... You guys, have, you guys haven't seen that? No, I no, I meant to see that, but I missed that one. Missed it. I think that one was on streaming, so I... It was on Netflix. Yeah, and I definitely, I think my favorite horror movie of the year was Pearl. I have not seen that. Yeah, that was last year, right? Yeah, I really, really, really liked Pearl. Yeah. I, I didn't watch a lot of new horror last year. Uh, what did I... I saw Incantation. Um, let see, Pearl. I saw... I, I, I saw The Cellar. Oh, the cellar. Oh, I don't think I saw that. The cellar. So it was a Shutter original. That was I. Oh, well, okay. Oh, okay. Hmm. Skinnerbrink is on my list. Oh, that was a weird one. That was really, really strange. I wish I would have saw it in the theater. I feel like I would have got more out of it, but. I heard in the theater it was it was nothing nothing short of fantastic, but. Yeah. Oh, and Barbarian. Everyone loved that. I like Barbarian. 
but it was maybe a little too out there for me. <laughs> it went a little bit too kooky hmm. and weird. I was like, oh, I don't know about this one. <laughs> Ooh, uh, Deadstream too. Oh, I missed that one too. Oh. Deadstream was a lot of fun. Yeah, I remember. I remember that was making the rounds in some of my my horror Facebook groups, and I was like, "Ooh, I gotta check that out." It was. It, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> it's exactly as dumb as you wanted to be, but it's, <laughs> it, it knows it. Uh, the privilege. I I tried to watch that. I tried. No, uh, which one? The the privilege. The privilege. Oh, I I don't even think I've heard of that one. Yeah, and of course uh, the menu. I guess that kind of counts. More of a satire, but that was another one that had kind of viral marketing. The menu. Do uh do they count the Northman Caleb as a horror film? I don't know if I would or not, but I don't think so. It's more like just violent fantasy. Nice. <laughs> uh, but uh, is there any more we should mention before I close this uh, close this down here? I'm trying to think if there's any more. Is there a well? I guess there was Scream Five. Yep. Yeah, I guess that was released right around the time that this movie came out. Both with that uh, Kyle Gallner guy in it. That's why I was wondering if he was making a comeback. I was like, oh, two horror movies in one year? Here we go. <laughs> yeah, and Scream 5 was... It was okay. It's probably better than the recent Halloween movies, but as a reboot... That's not a high bar. Yeah. <laughs> as a reboot, it, it didn't... Uh... I haven't, haven't seen Ends yet, but, but based on kills, that is a high bar. Not, not a high bar. <laughs> oh, yeah, and the sequel to The Orphan. I forgot that they... I forgot that came out last year. Orphan First Kill. <laughs> huh? Yeah, it was a prequel. They brought back the same actress like 10 years, 12 years later. Jeez. I do a little prequel. What the fuck? It was okay. It wasn't terrible, but it wasn't necessarily good either. But it was... All the movies I thought would need a sequel. <laughs> yeah, who who would have guessed that, that they would make a sequel to that? <laughs> All right. Whatever. 